Hello, welcome to Lisa Express Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Akunili, and I'm the lead counselor at the Lisa Express Consult. Today, I'm going to be talking about something really profound in these past few years, which is social media counseling. Like people literally go on social media and say, "Hey, I have a problem." Um, what do you think I should do? And then this content creator puts it on their page and responses come in. How does it really work? See, a counselor is not just someone who gives you advice. A counselor is trained to understand patterns, understand psychology. In fact, a basic educator is taught to understand psychology of reactions, learning patterns, ETC. I, for example, studied physics education during my bachelor's. And so psychology was an integral part from 100 level to your final year. Literally, you were touching psychology at different semesters because it's important you understand how your students think, patterns, how they react, what to look out for subsequently. All right. Now, when you have major problems, whether it's romantic, conflict resolution, sex, abuse, addictions, name it, and you go on social media, what you are doing is that you're bringing a professional situation to non-professionals. It is not abnormal, even though it should be that people just go to schools and become teachers because they can't find a job. Not because they love children, not because they love teaching, not because they are trained to be teachers. They just go there because that's the available job. And so what has happened over a period of time is non-professionals have taught us in professional settings that we do not value who professionals ought to be. We don't see the values of professionals. When I come on social media and I say, hey, so-so person abused me, And he's trying not to take responsibility. Oh, I can't seem to get justice. What I'm doing is I'm calling on the mob to support me, magnify my voice so I can get justice. Social media doesn't give me justice. Social media amplifies my voice to get justice. So while I'm on social media weeping and saying, oh, this happened, there is a lawyer up there who's seen it and say, oh, I can take this as a pro bono case, or I know who to refer you to who can take this as a pro bono case, or the ministry to go to to get justice, or I know what you need to do so that this person can be arrested, can be detained, first of all, so we can start an investigation. Putting it on social media isn't the actual justice system. There is no judge on social media. That's why it's possible to come on social media and have a huge campaign about an abuse situation. Guess what? The abuser goes scot-free. You know why? Nobody ever applied any legal structure. No one ever complained to the authorities. No one ever did any paperwork. And because that is not done, there is no justice. What you have is a bunch of hashtags that will vanish in the next few hours if people stop posting. That's not justice. That's not justice. And if it's not justice, it doesn't aid your healing process. What it does is magnify your hurt and leaves you vulnerable because people who should not have a say in the conversation now have access to the conversation and can say whatever they want to you. So if you're going to go on social media, 
You need to understand what you're going there for. Are you going there to amplify your voice? If it's an abuse situation. Last year in Nigeria, a young boy was hurt in school. By putting it on social media, the parents were able to create that huge noise that it took for the government to hear, shut down the school. People began to dig out evidences because now they've involved more people. More people can participate in the investigation process. But in that same heartbeat, we had people who were saying all sorts of nasty things, all sorts of people who were defending the abusers. Some people were even trying to indict the person who had died. So when you go on social media, what you're saying is, I want everybody to contribute. But mind you, everybody doesn't have your solution. So what's the danger of social media counseling? The danger of social media counseling is leaving professional problems in the hand of non-professionals. Not just non-professionals, people who are uneducated. I come on social media to complain about my spouse not responding to something or my parents not treating me right. Part of the people who will come on social media to comment on that situation are people who are experiencing that kind of trauma. Some of the people who will comment are people who are bitter towards that sex. So they either hate men or they hate women. And so this is an opportunity for them to flex their hatred. I'm going to have people who will come to counsel me from their personal experiences. I'm going to have people who are coming there to talk on social media because they're looking for some sort of visibility and that kind of conversation allows them flex and exposes them to a lot of people. So some people will come there with a lot of words and a lot of grammar looking like they are professionals. But what they're actually doing is they're using your situation, your problem as a marketing technique. You hardly, hardly find a correctly trained professional an educator, a therapist, a counselor, even someone who is a guidance counselor in secondary school. You hardly find them come on social media and explicitly narrate a problem their client has, guess this, and tag the client. You know why they won't do that? Because they would be breaking the confidentiality code. And that is against their code of ethics. They won't do that. So when someone is a professional, they won't even be in that space in the first place. It's now professionals are beginning to get on the social media conversations. They regularly wouldn't because of the code of ethics. They're trying to be careful because they don't know the full detail. Then you have people on social media who just like to comment. They will comment on any and everything. So when you put your problem out there, they'll come there and comment. Especially if it's in Nigeria. Now, wow, eh, another one. They are not really saying anything. And so what happens is after listening, reading or listening in whatever form you put out your problem, after reading, listening and scanning through 2,000 responses, you still can't find what you need to do. You know why? These people don't even know what you're going through in detail. A therapist or a counselor would most likely go through your journey. Where did this start from? How did this start? What were the feelings? What were the reactions? Who did what? When they did it? How did you feel? A counselor and a therapist in particular will most likely track your journey, will track the root cause of a problem and then trace it back to the present so that they can help you map out a journey forward. So talking to your friends is not therapy. Talking to your friends is not counseling. 
A counselor doesn't just listen to what you have to say and say, oh, ABC, go and do that. Sometimes a counselor can't do that, but a therapist never even does that. And depending on what your situation is, what you might need might be a coach, someone who can push you into taking concrete decisions going forward. But sometimes what you need is someone who can dig into the past and then the therapist comes in. So you have a problem with procrastination, for example. A lot of people online might say to you, oh, just ditch your procrastination, wake up early in the morning. Whereas the reason you might be procrastinating might be because you have a core fear problem. Now, if a coach knows you have a core fear problem, he or she might be trying to help you do it afraid. And that's good. But some other times, if it's deeper than that, which it most likely is if it's a fear, we want to find out how did the fear start? Then this takes you back to your therapist. And that's why I would always recommend pay for a therapy session. Pay for a session with a professional. They say he who pays the piper dictates the piper's tune. If you pay a professional, they owe it to you to give you good service. They owe it to you to give you good service. They owe it to you to be ethical. They owe it to you to be confidential. They owe it to you to give you the best of what you need. And when they cannot, they refer you. Aliza Express Consult, I tell my clients, and it's even on our website at www.lizaexpress.com. You'll find it on our site where we talk about our values. There's a particular value called healing. Our goal is for you to heal. So if all you need is one therapy session, one session, if that's all you need, we will not keep you an extra. We won't keep you one session extra so that you can pay us. There's no need. Because if we do, you can track the light. If we lie that, oh, you have this deep problem, next session. When you come for the next session, you know you don't have any deep problem. So if after your first session, all you need is a resource material, the therapist knows what to refer, the counselor knows what to refer, the coach knows what to refer, depending on what you need. So while going on social media is great, it might be a therapist even, or a counselor who is hosting this, um, bring up your problem, and I'll put it up on my platform and everything it might be a counselor that is running it doesn't mean it is in your best interest over 50 percent of the time what that does is generate content for them make their page active what that does to you is put you in a place of confusion because you're hearing too many opinions that are not tailored to you too many opinions that do not even know your journey too many opinions that don't know your backstory too many opinions that are not particularly concerned about you. A great coach, a great counselor, a great therapist will come back to ask you after a few weeks or a few months, what's the result? They have techniques for measuring your progress. You used to be addicted to pornography when you came for your session and then you've had like four, five, six, seven, eight, twelve sessions. Your therapist knows to check how progressive you've become, what's your relapse speed, What's influencing your relapse? What are your trigger points? Your therapist is constantly marking things for you. You might not know they are doing that, but they are checking your progress level. They are switching techniques. Sometimes I'm in therapy session and I know, okay, this person doesn't need me to console them. This person doesn't need me to give them comfortable words. This person needs me to jack them up out of a bad behavior. In that moment, I switch techniques to coaching. 
or this person has been in a place where everybody puts them down and i know okay if i jack them up in that way they will feel more terrible and then i switch to counseling where i'm advising and pumping them up and some other times that can even be a coaching technique so within a therapy session sometimes your therapist is switching between five six techniques and you don't even know they are doing that it's their job let them do it but when you're on social media all you get are personal opinions and many of those personal opinions are laced with traumas you don't want a person who is dealing with trauma to come and reinforce their trauma on you you will absorb it it will add to the problem you already have so if you have a problem right now and you've been using social media as a counseling tool i am begging you it's a wrong thing to do to yourself it's more damaging than it is rewarding however if it's in a situation where you say you need finances and you're trying to get people to fund you for a particular thing maybe academically you're a student who is struggling and then you're trying to get people to generate money for you or you're trying to travel because you got a scholarship or something or you're sick now that's different people are emotionally open to doing that right but for you to move your emotional burdens to people who don't even understand the concept of emotional problems, people who don't fully understand mental health, people who haven't even been honest enough with themselves to deal with their trauma, that's endangering yourself. I beg you, if cost is the problem, reach out to a therapist or a counseling platform you would want and send them a message let them know that this is the problem you have and you can't afford therapy right now but you know you are breaking down if they can't do it on pro bono basis they usually know someone within their network who can or an ngo who does at least express consult for example university students core members and um Teenagers do not pay 15,000. They pay 10,000 naira. They get a 33% discount. And some other times, some of them come to us and after listening to what they have to say before they come in for their main sessions, we're sure, oh, okay, no, no, that's not like a real big problem. So what you do is you have ABC questions. Go on our website. We have ABC resource that actually caters to that. And sometimes all they end up spending is about five or 6,000 and they're fine. But if they had put that on social media, I promise you, people will just keep referring them to resource materials, talking and talking, and they're not really learning anything. Instead, they're absorbing more negative opinions. So if you really need therapy and you can't afford it, kindly respond after this podcast. Send a message to us on the website. Again, www.lizaexpress.com. If we cannot cater to it because we've taken too many pro bono in the month, we will look for other therapists and counselors or NGOs within our network who are interested in taking up pro bono services in that month and refer you to them. Have a great week. See you next week, Monday. Bye.